Hello and welcome to another edition of Mickey Rourke Talk, the podcast where we discuss the uh, career of American Oscar-nominated actor, Mr. Mickey Rourke. On today's, well, exciting edition, we have two movies with the same theme and it hits close to home for Mickey himself. I'm going to be talking about the very little-known and underseen movie Tiger from 2018, although I think it was released in 2019, and Homeboy, the 1988 film starring Mickey Rourke and Christopher Walken, among others. Actually, it is the standalone film in 1988 for him that year uh, because we had Angel Heart, Prayer for the Dying and Barfly all leading up to Homeboy. They were all out in 1987. So what a time it was for Mickey Rourke. Oh, yeah. So my name is Shane A. Bassett, your host, the movie analyst, and uh, I might kick it off by talking about the movie Tiger. Now, I saw this and it was not streaming anywhere. I had to obtain it overseas, which sometimes you have to do. You have to buy DVDs, you have to buy physical media copies of movies to watch. And I get it. I get it. And if you're keen, do it. Spend the money. Support the filmmakers. This... This song, by the way, is an extended version of Do you know the song? If I was a boxer, this is the song I would want to come out to the ring to. you think about that and know the band that whole statement is all wrong anyway that is the new york mix extended version of relax by frankie goes to hollywood and yes i would totally walk through the crowd to get into a boxing ring to this song Anyway, let's get talking about movies. Our first movie on the agenda is Tiger. As I said, from 2018, although I don't think it was released until 2019. Did I mention it's a true story which should uh, prick up your ears immediately? I remember the first day you walked in here. All pissed off and angry. You want to punch somebody, huh? <clears throat> Reminded me of me. Still left to you. Come on. Everybody's got to have a reason why they fight. Why'd you come back? I want a box. <laughs> Everybody wants a box, but why do you want to fight? We got a few issues we got to discuss. It's the American Boxing Commission. They don't want you to fight. 
They want me to shave my beard. There is one way to fix this. What's that? Do as they ask. I couldn't. It's the tradition. The ABC will argue it's their tradition that fighters must shave. This is who I am. I have a right to fight! So do we, Zeke! This is not an argument about race or religion. Hey, it's the tilehead from the television. Maintaining the health and safety of their fighters is the ABC's primary concern. Is the ABC's clean shave rule prejudicial? Yes, it is. This meeting is adjourned. Keep training. We'll get you to regionals. Nobody likes change. For me, it doesn't really matter how a fighter look. It ain't gonna knock me down. If you don't belong here! I don't want to be that guy that ruins the sport he loves. Or ruins it for you or the other fighters. You want to quit? Be a quitter. There's only one way you can be anything in there. You gotta work harder than the rest. You gotta have discipline. And you do that, you gotta love yourself. You do that. You chose to fight. You are a hero. There's so much to admire in you, but you can't even see it for yourself. The question is, does the American Boxing Commission's tradition trump that of Mr. Nagra's faith? The whole world knows about you. They call you the Punjab Tiger. Well, how about that? I mean, that is a trailer, and it is an effective trailer. You need to see it. You only just heard it, but you need to see it. And as I mentioned, not many people have seen this movie. I mean, it's not even known. I guess if you're a boxer, you're into the sport, and, you know, you know the story of this guy, well, then you're going to know the movie, right? Or you know the actors who are in it. However, I didn't come across it. I only came across it because Mickey Rourke's in it. And he plays like a somewhat major role that doesn't really concern action. It's not an action role. And it's a modern role. And most of his modern roles, not all of them, but most of them do concern action. This one has a little bit of action, but in the boxing ring. Except Mr. Rourke, well, he plays a trainer, a former contender, Frank Donovan. It's the journey of a good, like a, he's a really good Samaritan. He's, a, he's an ex-Indian soccer player. I'm not talking about Mickey, I'm talking about the Tiger. He's an ex-Indian soccer player. He's got a short fuse and his temper, he gets him disregarded from the round ball game and it leads him to boxing and fitness. It's all endurance. He uses his anger to his boxing benefit as you see during the movie, quite successfully, as it turns out. Now, of course, in this particular story, religious matters arise. Uh, the Boxing Commission are refusing to let him compete, as you just heard in the trailer, due to an age-old rule, including, well, they're all rules, right? There's a series of rules. Uh, one in particular includes a beard that uh, Tiger will not shave off. Tiger is a sick. So racial vilifications, uh, they kick in, and it makes headlines everywhere, especially when a young, talented lawyer gets involved to help Tiger out. And that's a big deal. 
in this story anyway. Because he's just getting rejected by not everyone, but by most. Is Mickey Rourke any good in Tiger? Well, that's a big yes with a capital Y. He's part of a boxing story on film. Something personal that he knows very well. If you know Mickey's back career outside of acting, you'll know what I'm talking about. Mickey, as Frank Donovan, uses his real boxing knowledge to show Tiger how to train properly, how to pivot, cover up, punch, snap. He gives an outcast a chance. It's a really nice part of the movie. He's smart to Tiger's strengths. He can see them. He's letting the kid release his anger with boxing. But you know what? Overall, Mickey's acting is low-key. It's loose but effective. He basically has decent chemistry with Tiger. I think it's good. And you can see the respect for each other while they're in character and probably while they're out of character too. The chemistry is decent to above average. The lawyer too. Now they have a personal connection, Frank and the young lawyer, and that all kind of works. You'll see what I mean when you watch the movie. Hopefully you've seen the movie because you're listening to this. Mickey looks to have a scar on the right side of his nose. Now, I'm not sure if it is real or it's just for the movie. I don't think I've noticed it before. If you, as a Mickey Rourke fan, have noticed it in recent movies before, please let me know, shaneadambassett at gmail.com. But I haven't seen this scar beforehand and afterwards. And this is a 2018-2019 movie, remember. It is revealed throughout the film that Frank is suffering early stages of Parkinson's disease. He talks himself out of it in a way when others bring it up, but not many people know about it. He also talks to himself a little bit. He seems a touch delusional. Now, there's a monologue that Mickey is so great at. It's a heavy monologue, and he cries. I think he can cry on cue, Mickey, and I've said that before in previous Mickey Rock Talk episodes. He has a few nervous twitches and ticks, so that's the Parkinson's of his character. You first see Mickey Rock in the movie. He walks in at the 7 minute 15 second mark into the gym holding a dog. First words by Mickey are around 9 minutes and the words are tiger. Let's see what you got. Letting the kid release his anger after being hassled by some low life dudes. And let me tell you, they're low lives with lots of racial slurs. The gym is called the Wakefield Boxing Club. I like that name. What is Mickey wearing in this movie now? Oh dear. Here we go. Do I need a break before I tell you? I think I do. I think you will too. Damn bad television.
Ah, uh, that is a little bit of found a job by one of my favorite bands of all time, the Talking Heads, or just Talking Heads, with David Byrne as the lead. As you heard, his amazing voice. <laughs> Listen to that. Anyway, the movie is called Found a Job, and if you look at some of Mickey's outfits in this movie, it looks like he does not have a job. I'm sorry. Did someone dress him? Did he dress himself? I'm not sure, but here we go. A big, fluffy cap. It's probably woolen. It's a woolen cap, maybe. A tan jacket over a green and black striped jumper with what appears to be a turtleneck and a vest. A dark shirt and trackies at one point, jeans and a hoodie. Well, that's normal. A beige overcoat, brownish beige overcoat. And goodness gracious me, I'm not even going to tell you what's under that in that scene. And at another point, a black leather, maybe a pleather jacket. I'm not sure. Co-stars to Mickey are all fairly unknown in this movie. Tiger is played, like, he's played by Prem Singh. I mean, he's quite solid, he's natural, but I really hate to say it, but I don't know any other things that he's been in. The actual name of Tiger is Pardeep Nagra, and the real Pardeep is seen at the end of the film, so stick around. I actually like that. It's a really nice moment. Charlotte, who is the young and brilliant lawyer, she's outlandish, She is straightforward, she points a finger, and she steps down to no one. Janelle Parrish plays her. Good Charlotte. That's right, she's a good Charlotte in this movie. Pretty Little Liars. You might know that series. Well, if you do, you know Janelle. But what I remember her in very, very distinctly after seeing this movie is called Another one called Run and Gun. It's better known as The Ray. She's good in that one. And it's got a great cast, including Richard Kind, Mark Dacascos, and someone who's been in a Mickey Rourke movie, Angela Sarafin. She's been in Westworld, Kablooey, which is one of the greatest comedies of all time that nobody's ever heard of, but The Informers from uh, 1988. Not quite. That's Homeboy. The Informers from 2008 is a Mickey Rourke film which uh, I've discussed in a previous Mickey Rourke talk episode, but Angela Sarafin. She is in Run and Gun, better known as The Ray, with Janelle Parrish, who plays Charlotte in Tiger. And you know what's worth noting? The director of Tiger is an Aussie. That's right, he's an Australian Alastair Grierson. I think I'm saying his name correctly. And he's pretty decent too. Why hasn't he become more popular? Maybe he's overseas trying to grind it away because sometimes the Australian film industry does not give as many opportunities to young talent, directors, producers, writers, actors, set designers, whatever it might be. You can always, maybe more beneficial moments overseas. And that's maybe exactly what Alastair has done. But 
this is a good movie. For him to have this on his resume, I like it. Hope I get to talk to him one day. Maybe he's from New South Wales. My fellow Australian from New South Wales. There you go. I could call him that. Now, with Tiger, people are very spiteful. That's what the story is about. Racial hate and not, not quite corruption, but things that won't change. Old rules that won't change, and they should. And it's like a metaphor for life. Things need to change. Tiger is admired by his country. His whole country love him. And it's because of the courtroom stance he takes. As you heard in the trailer, the Punjab Tiger. Some final things of note regarding Tiger. In Frank's office, this is Mickey Rourke's office, there's pictures in frames and on the wall, I think, of Mickey as a younger man. Now, they're pictures of him actually in boxing gear. They're stills from bouts in the 90s, maybe the 80s. And I'm pretty sure they're, it's, it's, they're not being enhanced. They're not uh, photos that are not real. I think they're real. Mickey in boxing stances, they're not photoshopped. They're him. He did box. So they've probably used them. And what believe what I believe is true is because Mickey would have had to allow that, and that's fine. This is what I can ask the director about if if I ever talk to him. But there's a line in the movie, Tiger says, when he sees these photos in Frank's office, he goes, Who's the good looking guy in the pictures? Frank answers, We didn't get we didn't get along that well. You think about that and you think about Mickey Rock, well, that is very, very universal. While Frank is ringside, now this is Mickey Rock acting ringside in scenes while Tiger boxes, Mickey seems to be in his element. It's just all natural. The final fight cho- um, choreography, it's not, it's not bad. Uh, it's it's the world of amateur boxing, right? Something Mickey knows a little bit about. And he knows a lot about professional boxing as well, of course. But the scenes aren't too bad. They're filmed okay. There's noticeably some bad, or maybe it's just, for me anyway, off-putting. They're not matching. Some ADR was all over the place. I mean, sound effects, conversations... They're all a little bit out of sync. Not in the entire movie, but in certain scenes. You'll know what I mean. If you're watching it in headphones, it's, it's not like it's a dubbed movie where the lips are moving and the, uh, the words are not matching the lips. It was just like delayed or maybe some of the background noise just didn't seem right while the actors were talking. I think it was ADR that was just mismatched and it was noticeable. Mickey, though, he has his dog with him almost the whole film. Now, it may have been a prerequisite of making the film. I want my dog in most of the scenes. Maybe it wasn't. But there you go. You get to see the little puppy in the mix. And finally, Cesare Skubiski. Skubiski. I have no idea if I'm saying his name correctly. He did the score. Now, I apologise because I should be able to say his name properly. He is based in Australia and he's done some awesome scores to some Australian films 
and series like Two Hands, Lillian's Story, and Picnic at Hanging Rock. I mean, the series Picnic at Hanging Rock, definitely not the movie, which was late 70s, directed by Peter Weir. Lillian's Story, by the way, has Tony Collette in it, and if you have not seen that movie, oh, take a box of tissues. Put it next to you on the couch. You'll need it. And Two Hands... Well, not only does it have a great score by Cesari, I'm not going to say his last name again because I'll screw it up, but it's Brian Brown. It's Heath Ledger. It's a, it's a you know, flawless film. Anyway, Cesari, to his standards, the uh, music in this isn't that great, but that's my opinion. Do you need to watch Tiger? Yes. Do you need to know much about boxing? No. It is a emotional, racial, and I guess you could say romance. Not just between the lawyer and maybe Tiger, but Tiger and maybe his coach. And when I say romance, it's not a romance. Romance. Mickey Rourke believes in this guy. You can tell. They like each other as actors, and you can tell. It's a good film. Check it out. Tiger. That is Joy Division. Love will tear us apart again. What a absolute classic. And some people might say Homeboy from 1988 is an absolute classic. Well, all I can say is Mickey plays Johnny Walker. He's a cowboy drifter. A little, he's a little bit uneducated. That's okay. But he's a better than average boxer. He's got... Selective patience, though. A short fuse. A little bit like Tiger. Tiger had a short fuse in the previous movie I just discussed. Throughout the movie, we discover that Homeboy, or should I say Johnny Walker, he's in need of surgery or retirement from the ring due to a brain problem. He knows this, but it's kept quiet, and he keeps it quiet. No one really knows too much about it. Someone does later on in the film, but kind of keeps it quiet. Mickey, as in Johnny Walker, he's refusing to even see a doctor, uh, even after he's knocked out at one point in the ring. He has a bad attitude in the ring, speaking of what happens between the ropes. He's upset at a draw in one like particular bout and well 
I'll let you just watch the movie to see what happens next. Johnny Walker is also shy. He meets an owner-operator of a seaside carnival, and they clip. Now, when I say a seaside car- carnival, it's ba- basically a um, merry-go-round and a Ferris wheel and a few other things by the ocean. You know, things that tourists do. But the owner and Johnny Walker, the owner's name's Ruby, by the way, and Johnny become a pair. Yeah, it's awesome. And let me just say that actor Christopher Walken, he has a pretty big part in this. And Chris, as I'll tell you shortly, has been in a, well, he's been in more than two Mickey Rock films. Do you know what they are? I'll tell you shortly. All his life, he's been a loner, an outsider, a fighter. You Johnny Walker? A bruised heart and a battered body. You look like a cowboy. You a cowboy? He's got two lessons to learn in life. I love the way you fight, John. I never saw anybody fight like that. Get my money. How to take care of himself. You go back to where you came from. Play, fat man. Nobody tells me where to go back to. And how to care for somebody else. Now, Ruby, she's a good one. She's so pretty. I got an idea. I got something for us. You gotta take care of yourself, Johnny. You see that guy there? He deals diamonds. I want to help you. In my professional opinion, the next time somebody hits this guy in the head, he could drop dead. All I need is one big score. Let me tell you what you can't do, Johnny Walker. You can't fight. No more. Now, I won't talk about the music that much because I don't like the music. Yeah, I'll, I'll discuss that shortly. Uh, Deborah Fewer. Now, I hope I'm saying that right. Or Deborah Thor. She plays Ruby. But more about the impressive cast soon. I'd say almost positively that this was a passion project by Mr. Rock. Eddie Cook is directed. Well, sorry. Eddie Cook is credited as the screenplay writer. He wrote it, which is a pseudo name for Mickey Rock. I think you know that already. Writing is what he knows, right? I think he's a good writer, Mickey Rock. I don't know about now. This is 20, 30 years ago. Well, it certainly is. 30 years ago amateur boxing is what mickey knows so the writing is good fighting for money 
prize fighting illegally, maybe not illegally, however, not quite professional. The screenplay is great. Is it a movie that you'd want to watch? Is it any good? Well, I'd say it remains interesting. It's surprising. It's a little bit upsetting at times. And believe it or not, it gets romantic. And it's kind of funny in the rare moments you don't expect. The final shot before the end credits start rolling. It's an alarmingly sweet-natured moment. Kind of funny too. I couldn't believe it. I have not seen this movie before. Have I said that already? I have not. Okay, I have two copies of the DVD. One's Region 1 from the US. One is a uh, Region 4, Australian. Nothing extras, no no documentaries, no bonus features, sadly. Great uh, transfers of the movie. They, it looks good. But um, I hadn't seen it before. I don't think it got an Australian cinema release in 88. I'm pretty sure, pretty sure I would have seen it if it did. But I don't recall. And it's not in my book. I, re- I wrote down every movie that I saw when I was a little kid. Okay, so the soundtrack and score is something I was going to bring up. It's definitely not my thing. There's twangy guitar. It's Eric Clapton and Michael Kamen. Okay, they did Lethal Weapon 3. I know that. There's also a few rockabilly country-style tunes and they fit the story when appropriate, but honestly, just unmemorable. I was hoping for a better score. I don't know, I saw the vinyl record at a second-hand vinyl, a second-hand store, like a, uh, it's a record store which sells a lot of rec- records, CDs, DVDs and so forth in Sydney and I saw a, a second-hand homeboy vinyl and I've been looking at it more than once, and I just won't buy it. Great cover. The cover's okay. Maybe I should just take a photo of it, but I don't want to buy it. I don't like the music to, to Homeboy. And the last time I saw it, I hadn't seen the movie yet. So this is, now I've seen the movie, I still don't want to buy that vinyl. The boxing cinematography is quite ordinary. Now that's, that's no fault of anyone, honestly. It's a little bit tricky. They would have had a minimal budget making this movie, it's totally within budget. It's exciting in a way. There's constraints. But the final fight, which is the finale of the movie, kind of, that's well filmed. And other than uh, a cowboy belt, it's a big buckle without Kansas written on it. Let me tell you what Mickey is wearing throughout this film. But uh, take a seat. If you're standing up listening to this or walking or driving, if you're driving, pull over. If you're walking, take a seat. Uh, You might need, well, maybe not. Here's some thinking music just to uh, find a spot and take a moment to sit down before you hear what Mickey's costumes are in Homeboy. Okay, so Mickey's costumes and screen attire, they consist of a cowboy hat, cowboy boots, 
brown and white boots, I must say, uh, some ripped jeans, a blue embroidered shirt, which I actually would wear, some gloves seem to be tucked into his back pocket of his jeans, some the back pocket, I should say, uh, a denim jacket with a red patch insignia on the back. Now, I'm not sure what the insignia is uh, of the symbol, but it's a pretty decent denim jacket, a pink and grey hoodie and also a black hoodie Mickey wears throughout, uh, a pink and black checkered shirt with cut-off sleeves. Now, that's something I... Um, needed you to pull over for a blue scarf and in the ring when he's fighting just some brilliant plain black and white boxing shorts oh yeah they're cool they might you know like that's a big deal what boxers wear into the ring on film or in real life is actually talked about programmed and negotiated debated for a long time. And in this movie, Homeboy, Mickey Rock wears black and white boxing shorts. Now, watch out. I'm going to talk about some actors and people that are in the movie, right? There's heaps. So strap yourself in. Watch out for Stephen Baldwin. Stephen Baldwin is a Baldwin brother, obviously. He is in a uh, small scene, a Lunar Park scene, which I call Lunar Park. I don't know if it is actually called Lunar Park, but we're talking about the. Uh, the the place by the sea, an amusement park. He is drunk and he plays a punk. It's almost like a cameo, but he's very young in it. But uh, Mickey has an association with the Baldwins, so that's fantastic. They're all friends. Co-stars and actors in Homeboy. I've got to start with, of course I started with Stephen Baldwin, but I've got to go into the main stars and lead with Christopher Walken. Now, it goes without saying, Christopher Walken is a legend. Movies I like him in are uh, The Addiction from 1995, a, a vampire movie very few people talk about. He's in The Country Bears from 2002, which is hilarious for all the wrong reasons. Blast from the Past from 1999. What an amazing year of movies that was. Blast from the Past. Yes. Why are your ears suddenly going, hmm, I know that movie. What's he talking about? Blast from the Past, Brendan Fraser, Sissy's Basic, Christopher Walken, and, of course, Sher from Clueless, Alicia Silverstone. If you don't like her, well, press stop. Christopher Walken has been in a few other Mickey Rourke movies. He was in Heaven's Gate. I haven't talked about that yet on a Mickey Rourke Talk episode, but I will. I've watched it multiple times and I like it a lot. There's a lot to say about it, so I'll get to it eventually. Christopher Walken was also in Man of Fire from 2004, directed by Tony Scott, and Domino from 2005, starring Mickey Rourke and Christopher Walken, directed by Tony Scott. Lucy Liu is also in Domino and Kira Knightley. And many, many others. I'll get to that one very soon. All three, actually. You know what? I haven't talked about any of those in a Mickey Rock Talk episode. Well, there you go. Christopher Walken's in Pulp Fiction as well, but you already knew that. Christopher's character in this is Wesley Pendergrass. He is a sketchy promoter. He's a manager who says in a conversation, 
that he can sing and dance a little. And yes, he can. Just check out the Fat Boy Slim episode. You'll know what I'm talking about. Okay, so that is the uh, song, the film clip that uh, Christopher Walken appears in, uh, the Fat Boy Slim song, Weapon of Choice. Have a look at it. It is very cool. And it was after that that uh, I think most people sort of thought, well, you know, Christopher Walken can sing. He can also dance and move. He, He danced as a, you know, as a kid. So he never lost it. He's awesome. I love Christopher Walken and uh, Fat Boy Slim's not too bad either. Okay, so let's get on to the rest of the cast. Deborah Fur or Deborah Fior, I'm not sure, plays a Ruby. Now she was once married to the man himself. Mickey Rourke. And the chemistry in this film between the pair is spot on. I believe she has now retired from acting. I'm not sure. She's had some good roles. I like her in Homeboy a lot. Maybe my finest moment with Deb. But if you have seen To Live and Die in LA, the 1985 classic, you'll know what I'm talking about. That is just a classical round. It's a flawless movie and you need to see it to live and die in L.A. Night Angel from 1990 has to be seen. Oh, my God. It has to be seen to be believed in a good way, though. But Deborah Fur or Fior is incredible in Night Angel. That's probably her last most prominent role and significant one. But I can't not mention that Deb was in a couple of episodes of Miami Vice. In season five, but not one, but two episodes of Miami Vice. And that series in itself is quite bombastic, but unforgettable. Okay, that is a little bit of Hans, uh, I guess I can say my hands are in the air, the Miami Vice theme by Jan Hammer. Okay, so who else is in the movie Homeboy, John Polito? Well, John, 
He is an angry, loose, short man with uh, a big syndrome of attacking people. I don't know why, but he does in this movie. He thinks he is the best. I love John Polito. If you know his round face, well, you'll recognize him anyway. Yes, he has, he's short. He's got this really nice round face. He's excellent in the Compromising Positions film. Compromising Positions from 1985 has Roel Julia, Joan Allen and Susan Sarandon and, and the amazing Judith Ivey. He's also in Highlander, one of the greats, not just from 1986 when it was released, but one of the greats in general. The Big Lebowski, the Hudsucker Proxy. He is a regular in Cohen Brothers movies. Now, the Cohen Brothers did some classics. They did some average movies too, but overall, classics and John Polito isn't quite a lot of them. He was in Burning Palms, a 2010 film with Lake Bell. And Lake Bell, I would collapse for if she needed someone to walk over. That is how much I admire Lake Bell. She's incredible. Not just voice acting, but acting, directing, writing. Check it out. If you don't know who Lake Bell is, please. And, of course, Miller's Crossing. John Polito in Miller's Crossing. I guess this is the movie that made him John Polito, although he was around 20 years before Miller's Crossing. Here is John Polito talking about boxing, actually, and ethics from the 1990 film Miller's Crossing. I'm talking about ethics. You know I'm a sporting man. I like to lay the occasional bet, <laughs> but I ain't that sporting. When I fix a fight, say I uh, pay a three to one favor to throw a goddamn fight, I figure I got the right to expect that fight to go off at three to one. But every time I lay a bet with a son of a bitch, Bernie Birnbaum, before I know it, the odds is even up. Or worse, I'm betting on the short money. The sheeny knows I like short things. He's selling the information. I fixed the fight. Out of town money comes pouring in. The odds go straight to hell. I don't know who's selling to it. Maybe the Los Angeles combine. I don't know. The point is, Bernie ain't satisfied with the honest dollar he can make off the Vic. He ain't satisfied with the business I do on his book. He is selling tips on how I bet. And that means part of the payoff that should be riding on my hip is riding on someone else's. So, back we go to these questions. Friendship, character, ethics. There you go, ethics. There's a lot more to that monologue, but I just want you to watch Miller's Crossing. But John Polito, he's in Homeboy, what we're talking about now, and he's also in a hundred other movies. Like, seriously, John Polito, if you don't know him, check out his round face and his moustache. He is incredible. Who else is in Homeboy? Well, I'm not going to really talk about too many other people. Michael Buffer is in it, though. He's a ring announcer in real life. He is in a ton of movies, either as himself or as an actor. Do you know who Michael Buffer is? Well, he has copyrighted, let's get ready to rumble, copyrighted by Michael Buffer. And if you've watched a Rocky movie, if you've watched a boxing movie that's got a big budget because i don't think he'd be cheap you would have seen or heard michael buffer oh 
for the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world on HBO pay-per-view. Ladies and gentlemen, from Mandalay Bay, Las Vegas, uh, let's get ready to rumble! Okay, so there is Michael Boffer. He has been in uh, Rocky movies, Creed movies, and I'll talk about some boxing movies in a second, but uh, he's the man. He has that saying to himself, basically. Okay, so they're all the main, you know, characters in my view. Um, there's a few other familiar faces, such as uh, veteran Ke- Kevin Conway. Kevin Conway is in Homeboy, but he's notable because, to me, in Funny Farm, the 1988. Chevy Chase comedy, which I actually think is underrated and not a lot of people talk about because when you talk Chevy Chase, they they talk, uh, well, people talk Caddyshack, uh, uh, Christmas Vacation and so forth. But Funny Farm from 1988, Kevin Conway plays the mailman who has a huge role. Is Mickey any good in Homeboy? Well, quite literally, it is written for him. He wrote it. So it's perfect. The language, the settings, the mannerisms inside and outside the ring are all from experience. It's just so obvious. A precursor to the wrestler, arguably, is it? Is it not? Uh, You know, I I guess I could be here another hour talking about that, but I will not. I would think that, as I mentioned, he's really loose at times. Well, he was loose in Tiger. He's also loose in this, but he's more loose with Chris Walken, Christopher Walken. They share the screen and they're mates. They respect and it shows. I think so anyway. This is definitely one of Mickey Rourke's top five best performances. I think so. Maybe not. Do you think? I don't know. It's up there with a wrestler. Watch Homeboy. And I think you'll agree. They're different sports. They're different characters. They're going through heavy emotions, but the acting is spot on. It's top notch. Johnny Walker, Mickey's character, is on a downward spiral. He's drinking a lot. He's practicing for Barfly, maybe. Come on. Barfly was, you know, well, he wasn't practicing for it. He was probably continuing on from Barfly from the year before. There's a scene where he jumps out of a car. Johnny jumps out of a car on a bridge and that is highly dramatic and unexpected as well. Some things I noticed in Homeboy, which uh, may or may not be of interest to you. He enters an establishment called the Cameo Bar. It's an African-American bar. When they walk in, I know, we're, we're, we're talking a movie here, so they're actors. But he walks in and everyone is of African-American appearance. But Johnny is accepted almost immediately. He's, he's looked up and down a couple of times. Mickey Rourke's sort of looking around. He's, he's really in his element, this, this scene, and right at the start of the movie. Even when he starts drinking shots, he's standing on a bar and everyone's cheering him and then all of a sudden he's kissing, which he has been looking at earlier, a, a lovely young local lady who's who was standing in the bar she's 
on the bar with him and kissing and drinking and they're into it. Okay. The gym he practices in is called the Broadway Gym. Thought that was worth noting. There's a subplot of a doctor's convention and it results in a few amazing comedy aspects, including Christopher Walken (laughs) caught in a bath, which is ridiculous. Oh, Oh, my God. I don't know. There's a park and, you know what, the park's not even worth mentioning. I'll tell you what. The park is a real one, I would say. The amusement park we're talking about that Ruby owns. Looks like a real one, but it's run down. I need to do my research, I guess, to see if they just, like, used it at night or something. I don't know. There's a couple of things that I was shocked about. And I'm I like boxing. I think it's a you know, okay sport. When I say okay, it in movies it's amazing. In real life, I need to have an Australian boxer or or someone who's really as it needs to be a championship bout before I'm overly interested. It's not that I don't respect it, but I will not watch just boxing for the sake of watching boxing. Whereas I'll watch tennis or I'll watch rugby league or I'll watch ping pong if it's on. I like those sports. Surfing. Although watching surfing is boring. I'd rather be doing it. But there's a scene in Homeboy and they're boxing in the rain. It's an open arena and it's pouring down. It's a storm. And they continue boxing. Now, I'm not sure. If this was real, would the boxing match get called off? Because it's raining. People could slip. But it continues. Yeah. All right. So, Mickey Rock smokes when Christopher Walken gives him one after his first fight. Do you need to smoke after your first fight? Maybe. All right. That's okay. And the Deborah Fior character... Ruby, Johnny chips away at her. She says at one point, I like your face. Even after it's smashed up and it's got all this like swelling to it, I guess. But it's true love. It must be true love if she says, "I I like your face. This is why I think it's got romance in it. Mickey Rourke plays tiddlywinks in this movie. It's a game. I've never played it. Tiddlywinks. Yes, he does. They take a bike ride. Ruby and Johnny take this bike ride. Motorbike ride. You don't really see it though. You see him get on it and take off. And then you sort of see them get off the bikes. You don't see what happens in between. It could have been quite a romantic moment. But when they're back at her... Apartment, her place, whatever you want to call it, her room. She shows him some photos of her and her dad. And you can see that this is an important moment. And again, these two are married. I don't know if they were married during the film or after the film. Even so, the connection's there. And it's a movie 
And who knows? They could be fake photos. They could be real photos of her and her dad. I'm not sure. But she's showing him photos. And in the, the context of the film, it's in a really emotional, personable moment. Not once, but twice, I see Johnny Walker from behind with something poking out of his back pocket. He's got jeans on both times. And they look like crunch bars. Chocolate bars. Never fully explained, but that's what I thought. And finally, the New Jersey Shore old school gym is actually a real gym. Guess what? They filmed it in a real gym. I kind of guess that. You know what? Independent movies, indie indie films, they need real locations. They'll shove some money to whoever owns the location and say, hey, hey, can we film here for an hour, two hours, 12 hours, whatever it might be. The gym was real. Okay, so that's it. The end of the two movies, tonight anyway, Mickey Rock stars in that concerned boxing. That is, of course, Bill Conti and his orchestra with the Rocky theme. Now, without talking about Rocky, you're either... Actually, actually, you are still listening because, one, you really like boxing. Two, you like Mickey Rourke. Or three, you like the sound of my voice because I just go on and on and on. I don't think it's the latter. It's probably one of the first two. But if you're interested, here are my top ten Boxing movies. Oh, yeah. Now, disregarding Creed and Rocky, obviously the grand, uh, grandiose movies when it comes to boxing. Most, you know, most people think so. But however, here we go. Uh, in no particular order, Southpaw, starring Jake Gyllenhaal from 2015. If you haven't seen that, nobody, be, nobody really talks about it. Watch it. It's awesome. Gladiator, out of 1992, not the Gladiator you immediately thought of, right, out of 2000 with Russell Crowe. No, this is Gladiator with Cuba Gooding Jr., James Marshall, and Brian Dennehy, among others. Gladiator, 1992. Million Dollar Baby, oh, that, I just collapse whenever I watch Million Dollar Baby, written and directed by Clint Eastwood, starring Clint Eastwood, Hilary Swank, who won an Oscar, Morgan Freeman, and many, many more. Grudge Match, out of 2013. (laughs) I know your eyebrows are raising, but Grudge Match is pretty good. Sylvester Stallone and Robert De Niro, not reprising their roles from Raging Bull and Rocky, but it is a satire, kind of. But it is also enjoyable and fun and good. Raging Bull, I just mentioned that, from 1980. Robert De Niro, not quite the best boxing movie ever made. 
but it's up there and directed by Martin Scorsese. Joe Pesci is in it, among others. Ali, 2001, Will Smith. Now I've said his name, I will move on. Bruised. Not a lot of people know this movie or talk about it. Halle Berry is certainly proud of it. She stars in it. Bruised. It's a Netflix film, so, you know, if you've got Netflix, please do yourself a favour and watch it. Bleed Like This from 2016 starring Miles Teller. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Miles Teller, Teller was in a boxing movie. He was. It was almost like he was boxing in Whiplash when he was drumming so hard, but he was also in a boxing movie called Bleed Like This. Great White Hype. I'm not even going to tell you what year that is from because the great white hype, Samuel L. Jackson, Peter Berg. There's two names and there's a Wayans brother in it. There's also John Lovitz. It's a great movie. Rihanna, yes, Rihanna, who was in the movie Battleship directed by Pete Berg when she was in Australia, at the premiere of Battleship. Do you know what she did? She wore a great white hype T-shirt. Oh, yeah. And finally, The Fighter from 2010, Mark Wahlberg. But I do have some honourable mentions outside of that top ten. Look, you don't have to like bikes, boxing to like these movies. There are so many great actors in them. They're emotional. They're charged with plot. It's not all about the boxing ring. Cinderella Man with Russell Crowe. The boxer, Daniel Day-Lewis, isn't that. He's enough to watch anything that his name's on. Snatch. Now, Snatch has some good boxing. I wouldn't say it's a boxing movie, but... Keep your eye on Brad Pitt in that one. Fight Club too, I guess. Some good boxing in that. Sort of. Boxing without rules. Against the Ropes. Now, I'm a big fan of Meg Ryan. Not so much of Omar Epps, but he's good in this. And Kerry Washington appears in Against the Ropes. Great film. And, of course, this list, remember has nothing, like I'm not adding Rocky or Creed because they're just boxing movies I like. Well, that is it. Thank you very much for uh, listening to Mickey Rourke Talk. My name is Shane A. Bassett, your host. And, uh, you know, any problems, send me an email, shaneadambassett at gmail.com. Check me out on social media at movie underscore analyst. And uh, there'll be future episodes of Mickey Rourke Talk, you know, There's no set dates, times, but uh, there are more coming, including Man on Fire, which I just watched recently, and that deserves its own episode. Yeah, I liked it when I saw it at cinemas, and now, re-watching it and taking notes, it is definitely an interesting film that Mickey Rourke appeared in, in a slump, but his mate Tony Scott, who also put him in Domino, helped him out thanks for listening everyone bye for now just remember tiger and homeboy with mickey rourke 
as main characters in both are pretty impressive movies. And uh, I guess an etch on his significant career. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. And here is a little uh, sample of the Southpaw trailer, one you really should watch. I expected a hard fight, you know. Um, I put my family through a lot. The more you get hit, the harder you fight. I get it. Let's go! Only now you've taken way too many hits hey. before you get off. You can't fight like that anymore. Think about her. I'm going to tell you something. I love you. I love you. <laughs> so predictable. Man. The light heavyweight champion of the world, I wouldn't be here without my wife, Maureen. Hey, Billy, why are you leaving so soon? Come on, keep walking. Baby, you ain't never been a real man. Let that go. Let's go home. How about I take your belt? Hey, stop! Who took me and I? No, 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 no! No, no, no! This court is aware of the tragedy your family has suffered, Mr. Hope. Nonetheless, you have chosen to demonstrate dangerous behaviors while having custody of your daughter. Dad? You need help, Billy. It'll be a year before your suspension is up, which means zero income. Legal custody of the child shall remain with family services until the father can demonstrate the abilities of a responsible parent. Please, I don't care. I'm sorry, please. Please, Daddy, I'm going to stay with you. I want to live with you. There you go. There's a little bit of Southpaw, a movie that uh, I really think is underrated. Okay, that's it. Bye for now. Cheers.